God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. When I was growing up as a child, my mother always kept this in a prominent place in the house. No matter where we would go before we left the doors of our home to go into the world, there was this poem stuck upon the wall that you were forced to take a look at. It came to the point that as I was growing up, I, I fell in love with the poem, so much so that I began to memorize it. But little did I realize how essential and crucial this poem was to not just being something good to remember, but in fact, it would shape how I should and would approach life. You see, when we look at this prayer, it tells us that God needs to give us the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change. You know, as you go through life, you will realize that there is so many things you don't have control over. There are many things that you can't change. And oftentimes we find ourselves at a stuck point, stuck trying to change something that will never change, stuck trying to change someone that is unwilling to change, stuck trying to figure out what to do when it doesn't change. And in the process, of being stuck, we rob ourselves of the ability to do what we can with what we have. Sometimes instead of stressing or fretting about what we don't have, it becomes essential to be able to work with whatever is in our hand. And that's where the second part of this prayer becomes so important. Grant me the courage to change the things I can. You know, sometimes we've just got to get away from trying to, 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 to change things that aren't going to move. Let's start with what we have, where we are, with what we can do. And sometimes the changes are small in nature. But the truth is, it doesn't require a big change to take the next step in our destiny. You don't have to sprint a mile. You've just got to take the next step. There are so many experiences where I found my life stuck and all it took to get momentum moving on my side was one step. I didn't have to, to accomplish the whole task, but I had to be willing to take the next step. But you know, it closes off by saying, grant us the wisdom to know the difference. Now, the truth is, there are times when something will look impossible and it seems like we should move on. And there are times when something looks like we should be moving on and, and, and just going ahead. But unless we have that wisdom from God that tells us when we need to linger a little longer, when we need to stay the course, when everybody is saying move forward, when it is that we need to move forward, when everybody is saying it will come, it will come. The truth is, God says we've got to have wisdom to know the difference. The Bible tells us in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, it says that if any of you need wisdom, you should ask God, and it will be given to you. God is generous 
and won't correct you for asking. But when you ask for something, you must have faith and not doubt. Anyone who doubts is like an ocean wave tossed around in a storm. Many can find life throwing them in a storm, tossing them to, to and fro. Sometimes it looks like a door is going to open, but when you get to it, it closes. And it seems like what you were expecting to happen doesn't happen. This is why we need the wisdom of God. Do we pray and ask God for wisdom and understanding? You know, we are quick to call our friends and ask their opinion. We are quick to do a Google search and, and check out what YouTube might say is the best way to do it. But when we are talking about something as complex and as uncertain as life, then we have got to consult the author and the finisher of our faith. We've got to consult the creator, the one who made us and knows us intimately. You see, the very fact is, that when we remember that God is our creator, then it is safe to ask him for wisdom. God will give us wisdom. And the truth is when he shows it and reveals it to you, then what we've just got to do is move boldly. You know, I can think of many a times when I kicked myself when someone told me what I should do. But I was vacillating. I, I didn't know if I really should follow or if it would produce the outcome I desired. And I stopped and I waited, hoping that something, something else might come. But the truth is, I had all the information I needed. And what I needed to have done was walk boldly and take a step of faith. But the truth is, I hesitated. And the problem is, when you hesitate, you will miss out and lose out. That's why asking for wisdom must be an essential part of our life. Before we walk out of the house for the day, do we take time to seek God's face? Seek him early in the morning. Talk to God and ask him to prepare you for what's in the day ahead, to, to show you wisdom for what it is that you are going to encounter. You know, I went through a period about two years ago where I did not have the answers. And the truth is, to make it even worse, on top of not having the answers, every day what I didn't know became more complicated with all kinds of, of complexities and twists and turns and, and, and things just being crazy. But during that time, I began to feel frustrated and I began to feel tired and I, I went back to what the Word of God told me to do, to seek God's face, to ask God for wisdom when I didn't know whether to go left or right. And something amazing happened. As I took time with my devotional reading that I would read every morning, and I would seek God and ask Him for answers, and instead of rushing off, stopping to pause and let God speak to me, because God does speak to us. And I would take time and I would reflect on his word. And one, one thing I began to notice after a few weeks was that everything that I faced that day, either God had already given me the answer for what it was through my readings in the morning, or God gave me the courage to endure what was coming for the day. 
no matter what, I was not ill-prepared, not because I knew the answers, but because I was empowered to know what God wanted me to do. It makes a world of difference. And that's why I take a moment to, to harp on the very fact that we have got to believe in God, in who he is and that he is. Because we were not created by accident. Your life is not random. God has a great purpose for you and for me. But you know, as we think about this, many people still are wrestling and questioning. But God says, I knew you before you were even formed. He's our creator. He knows what we need to get things going. He knows how we will respond to situations. And in fact, God reminded Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 10, God has a discussion and an interaction. And here's what God tells him, which I believe applies to you and me. It says, the Lord said, Jeremiah, I am your creator. And before you were born, I chose you to speak for me to the nations. I replied, I am not a good speaker, Lord, and I'm too young. Don't say you're too young, the Lord answered. If I tell you go and speak to someone, then go. And when I tell you what to say, don't leave out a word. I promise to be with you and keep you safe. So don't be afraid. The Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth and said, I am giving you the words to say and I am sending you with authority to speak to the nations for me. You will tell them of doom and destruction and of rising and rebuilding again. Now this interaction between God and Jeremiah is the same interaction he wants to have with you. Sometimes we forget that we are not created without purpose. That God was intentional and deliberate in making you and me just how he needed us to be. He knows our temperaments, our fears, our, 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 our concerns, our doubts. But God says, don't let that stop you. Because I created you with something more. And in fact, in this interaction in Jeremiah chapter 1, 4 to 10, and you can read this again on your own. And you could probably even look through and try to see what God has to say to you about being your creator and the plans he has for you. But there were a couple of lessons I pulled out from this that I want to share with you. The first lesson is that he says you are here with an individual purpose, but that purpose fits into a larger purpose. You see, we have lived in a society where it's all about individualism. If you've got that talent, if you can do this, if you can do that, and you know, we give the spotlight to the person who is the star, the, 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 the one who seems to be the most gifted. But that's not how God works. God has a larger plan for this entire universe, for this entire planet, for all seven billion people. And no, he does not look at each one as an individual, but in fact, each one of us is interconnected. Each one of us has a role to play in the destiny and the outcome in this planet. In fact, the truth is, you have an individual purpose that while it might seem small, 
God is using you to allow his larger purpose to be fulfilled. You know, sometimes we look at these large, fantastic machines, and it seems like the machine is, it, it is so amazing and wonderful. And when you actually uncover it, you realize that it might just be one simple, small, seemingly insignificant piece. But if that piece is not working, the whole machine doesn't work. Don't put yourself down or diminish your importance. Whatever role it is God has called you to play, whether it's up front or behind the scenes, it is essential for the fulfillment of God's plan. You don't have to be the face at the front to keep things going. So remember that God has an individual purpose for you. And even though it doesn't seem like it's the shiniest, the brightest, or the biggest, your role is essential for the larger purpose to be fulfilled. The second lesson I learned is that our thinking is the most destructive element to accomplish our purpose. You see, Jeremiah said, but Lord, I can't speak. You know, we are quick to talk about all the things we can't do, why we can't do it, who can do it better, who deserves this, who is better able. But the fact is, every time you tell yourself you can't, then you won't. If we are going to live and reach the goals God has for our lives, then we have got to get out of the way and stop being our own worst enemy. Remember, the word I can't must be eradicated from our, our vocabulary. And we should replace it by I can, I will, I shall. You see, it's important to know that when we give our very best, that is when we empower God. Sometimes it may not look like we have the capacity or the ability, but the truth is God told Jeremiah, I will be with you. You see, God doesn't leave us alone to what he's called us to. He gives us backs that are broad enough for the burden. He gives us gifts that are specific enough to what it is he needs for us to do. And when we can't imagine it or fathom it, God steps in and he helps us to do what sometimes we can't imagine. That's why sometimes I've got to tell myself, and to, I quote this often, the, the, the passage that tells us that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or imagine. Our thinking is limited, but God is able to do above. So what we must do is do our very best. And when we put our best foot forward, we're going to see that God, that God will step in. Why? Because the third lesson we learn is that we need to trust God. You see, trusting God to have our best interests Trusting God not to put us out there to fall or to fail. Trusting God not to, 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 to set you up for failure or embarrassment. God doesn't set you up for failure. God doesn't set you up for embarrassment. God sets you up so that you are able to show that when you are in his hand, that there isn't anything you can't do. And so that's why it's important. He tells Jeremiah, he tells Jeremiah, it's so important that if I tell you to go, don't pause, but go, because I've got you. I'm with you. I'm right beside you. But with learning to trust God, 
then we've also got to obey. Because it's not just enough to say, I trust you. But to trust somebody means that you're willing to act. You know, there was a story of a father who, whose daughter could not get out of a burning house. And the firemen came all around, and they had that big net to catch her, but she refused to jump. Her father rushed home when he got word, and he, he came and he said, I'm here, daddy's here. And as she heard his voice, immediately she jumped towards it. Why? Because she knew no matter what, her daddy would not let her fall. And so, in trusting, it requires us to obey. Sometimes we can't see that first step, but if God says go, go. If God says to do it, then do it. God's got your back. But if we don't obey, then we'll miss out on the blessing. There's an old hymn that says, trust and obey for there's no other way. And the final lesson, the final lesson that we learn is this, be bold. Listen, if you're gonna do it, do it big. Don't go half-stepping. Don't go in half-measures. If God is going to allow you to do your very best, then be bold at it. Don't hold back, because in holding back, you are denying yourself the ability to shine. You know, sometimes the greatest thing we fear most is ourselves, what we can do when we are in God's hand. But today I want to challenge you to take a step. Take a step of faith and be bold about it. Get out of your comfort zone. Something you've been putting off, pick it back up. Something that they said you couldn't do that has been put in your heart to do, then do it and be bold. And don't let anyone take from you what they don't have the ability or authority to take. Because in Jeremiah, God says this final thing, I give you authority. That means that you have the ability to finish what is started because God is with you. So remember, be bold, dare to believe. You will find hope, you will find courage, and you will find purpose in your life. God bless you.